0: So, join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Video taped deposition of Miss Lynn Carroll Wright on Monday, January the 13th, 2020, at 8.57 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Question. Okay, and did Craig tell you that he had Bitcoin at this time? Miss Marco says objection. The deponent? Well, he intimated that he had lost a lot of Bitcoin when that Japanese company, when that guy in Japan, I think the, the Bitcoin, I don't know if it was a bank or what sort of outfit it was, but he, I guess, absconded with all the money and Craig had kept some of his, had well, quote, some of it. I think he kept all of his Bitcoin there and trails off. Question, and what's, and this is Mount Gox? Is that what you're referring to? Lynn Wright answers, it might be. The name sounds familiar, the question. And what's your basis for your understanding that he kept a lot of his Bitcoin there? She answers, because he said he lost a fair, lost a fair bit of money. The question, when did he tell you this? Answer, I don't know. When we talk, I don't look at the date and time. Question, okay, I understand. Good morning, and thank you for joining me at Hell's Hour of 6.16 a.m. Central Daylight Time. This will be the second day of the month of September year 2020 I don't know what to tell you guys by the dip but this is episode 280 of Bitcoin and that was Arthur Van Pelt or at my legacy kit bringing us the deposition or part of the deposition of Craig Wright's ex-wife Miss Lynn Carol Wright it would appear <clears throat> that Craig may may well have gotten goxed Okay, he's at uh he when I say he Arthur Van Pelt or at my legacy kit, that's all one word on Twitter, has a quite a long thread about this that I had never had never really seen before. And I don't know why, because I follow Arthur Van Pelt and he's certainly on my on my Bitcoin list. But uh, I tried going through some of that, uh, some of his thread that was keeping track of all this, all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't get through it because it was really just like watching some small, you know, special needs child wandering aimlessly out in Fifth Avenue in New York City or something like that. And I just I just couldn't watch. I really couldn't watch. It's just such a circus, but it's just a good way to begin this mega dip day. Uh, Yeah, we're still dipping down. We'll get to all that shit when we run the numbers. But um. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um let's start the day off with uh, how uh, Fed Chairman Powell's Jackson Hole speech is setting Bitcoin up for success. If you're listening to this and you and you understand that we have a dip going on, if you haven't seen these before, buckle up for the rest of your life because you're going to see these for the rest of your life unless you get out of Bitcoin in which case for the rest of your life you will Always be miserable, probably, because A, this is way too much fun, and B, we've been here before, we will be here again. Nick Chong is writing this one yesterday for BTC Times. On August the 27th, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell delivered his much-awaited speech on U.S. monetary policy. Analysts say that Powell's comments, which indicated that increased and continued inflation should be expected, are set to bolster Bitcoin's long-term price trajectory. Jerome Powell's speech was in part of the annual economic policy symposium. While the symposium is usually held in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this year, it took place, well, online. During the speech titled, quote, <clears throat> New Economic Challenges in the Fed's Monetary Policy Review, end quote, Powell revealed that the Federal Reserve will be giving a robust updating to its monetary policy framework. The central banker first iterated the importance of the 2% annual inflation rate as the Federal Reserve's target, quote, The monetary policies of the Volcker era laid the foundation of the long period of economic stability known as the Great Moderation. Okay. We have not changed our view that a longer run inflation rate of 2% is most consistent with our mandate to promote both maximum employment and price stability. I don't know how that works, but whatever. As Pal explained, the current mechanisms used to achieve this level of inflation may result in periods of slow growth below 2%, which poses serious risks to the economy. Enter average inflation targeting, a mechanism that will entice the Federal Reserve to keep interest rates low in order to depress the unemployment rate. This means inflation will likely run moderately above the 2% target in the future the comments made by the economist are especially relevant as central banks tighten and ease monetary policy in tandem that's to say the federal reserve is dovish other economies can be put at a disadvantage if the local central bank is tightening monetary policy this also applies vice versa since the speech all major financial markets save for the us dollar have per- have performed extremely well according to the data from trading views since the <clears throat> excuse me the time of the speech Bitcoin has gained 5.5%, gold has gained 2.5%, and S&P has gained 1%. And the U.S. dollar index has dropped by 1.1%. While Powell's comments on the continued inflation of the United States dollar, and all of fiat currencies for that matter, have sat well with investors in financial markets, they are poised to especially benefit Bitcoin, according to a number of investors. The reason why comes down to the fact that the Federal Reserve is now pledging to do anything it can To stop deflation, deflation bad, deflation has been consistently touted by central banks as the monetary enemy number one. So to say, with Japan's flagging economy being used as a poster child for this sentiment, Raul Powell, the CEO of Real Vision and a former hedge fund manager, noted that Powell's comments play to the inherent upside skew in both assets in saying that persistent periods of growth below 2% Pose serious risks, Powell is effectively indicating that there is zero tolerance for deflation, Powell explained. Thus, anything will be done to stop that monetary trend from unfolding. To Powell, this persistence in the fight against deflation will result in a positive price performance for the two hardest assets, gold and Bitcoin. Others that have touched on this narrative include Mike Novogratz, CEO of Galaxy Digital, and pseudonymous Bitcoin analyst, Plan B. Sorry, that's analyst. God, God. Both have stated that the Federal Reserve's ongoing commitment to monetary inflation will drive investment into Bitcoin. With the Eurozone, Japan, and other segments of the global economy moving towards deflation, central banks are once again poised to turn on their printing presses. Bitcoin stands to benefit in such an environment. All right, so there's like a thread that uh, was going around uh, that apparently was uh, so popular. I mean, I saw it. I didn't realize how much track, how viral it had gotten, but it was so viral that it <clears throat> the uh, writer of that thread, I think it was like fed up biz biz owner or something like that, was on Peter McCormick's uh, what Bitcoin did podcast about it and he's like in the lending business <clears throat> and he's saying banks ain't touching anything that even resembles lending. Nobody's getting loans. So this whole thing about, you know, targeting inflation to keep unemployment low is bullshit because if nobody is able to get loans to either start small businesses or or, you know, kind of shore up their medium businesses or try to expand their businesses, because, God forbid, you don't want to use your actual cash stash for that shit. Otherwise, you'll be taxed to death. You have to go get a loan to take care to take advantage of the tax benefits and then use the cash, I suppose, to pay back the loan over time so that you don't get busted for that part of the tax code. Anyway, it just doesn't make any sense. They're going to keep interest rate low so that unemployment goes, goes down. But if nobody is able to hire anybody, that's not going to work. So these guys are filling your head full of, well, filling it full of crap. Speaking of, Samuel Haig is writing it for Cointelegraph sometime this morning. Roger Ver to Bitcoin ABC, stick a fork in it. You're done. With Bitcoin Cash poised to fork again in November, the BCH community is gearing up to do battle over the Bitcoin Cash brand. Ah, oh, the irony. Alanis Morissette had a whole song about that shit back in the 90s. Bitcoin Cash figurehead Roger Ver has dramatically announced that Bitcoin ABC and its lead developer, Amory Sachet are forking away from Bitcoin Cash on November the 15th. And Roger's got this tweet that says, uh, Bitcoin ABC and Daedal Nix have announced that they are forking away on November the 15th. We wish them good luck. With their new coin and thank them for the free airdrop to all the BCH holders. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, in case you didn't hear one of my last shows. Um, yeah, that in, that's going to incur all BCH uh, bag holders a tax burden that they're going to have to clear up. And it's not like they were doing it back in the days of the dark, dark, you know, the dark, dark days of cryptocurrency when... Everybody was pointing at us and laughing and nobody gave a shit. No, no, this is in full view of the, you know, like the 1040A, uh, the IRS kind of really understanding what's going on. No, all these dudes are going to incur a tax burden. Okay, they're getting an income. This is going to be classed as income. So any whale out there that's holding a shit ton of BCH that takes a hold of this airdrop, or well, the fort, the fort coins, you're going to have to report this to your country's tax authorities. So yeah, your greed <laughs> has put you in a position of having to do shit that you didn't want to do. Personally, I'd probably, I don't know, just want you to like put together a class action lawsuit against Roger Ver and Vin Armani and this idiot uh, Datelnix for doing this shit to you because you're going to have to do something about it. Continuing on, that's not quite what's happening. The post actually suggests the Fractured BCH community will battle it out over which fork gets to, cl- gets to claim the Bitcoin Cash brand, Bitcoin ABC or upstart rival Bitcoin Cash node, BCHN. The dispute is over ABC's Coinbase rule that would divert 8% of all newly mined BCH to a development fund come November. First tweet came in response to Bitcoin ABC's unloading its latest 0.22.1 release, which will activate the Coinbase rule on November the 15th. Some Bitcoin Cash users on both sides welcomed the fork as an opportunity to purge the network of their rivals with Cointext CTO Vin Armani oh God tweeting, if Roger Ver really believes that Bitcoin ABC has no chance of retaining the Bitcoin Cash name and BCH ticker after November the 15th, why does he keep tweeting anti-ABC propaganda and telling them to, quote, please stop? So that's your good friend Vin Armani there. Other BCH supporters are afraid that a third chain split will do irreparable damage to BCH with Twitter users... I replying to Ver, quote, you do realize that a split might kick BCH out of the top 10, right? End quote. According to CoinDance, or Coin.Dance, BCHN's 126 nodes represents exactly 10% of the Bcash network. Uh, Bcash network's 1,260 nodes, while Bitcoin ABC represents 42% of the network with 533 However, the Bitcoin Unlimited Implementation that expands on the Bitcoin XT protocol is also opposed to the Coinbase rule and currently has the largest, largest single share with 565 nodes or about 44%. If it throws its lot in with BCHN, that would result in a slim majority of 54% of BCHN nodes rejecting the November upgrade and potentially retaining the Bitcoin Cash brand. Speaking to Cointelegraph, Amari Sachet, expressed doubt that BU and BCHN would be able to command a majority sharing of the network. Quote, node counts are very easy to fake, he said, noting that a good chunk of BU nodes just update in sync every single time, so they are likely the same entity. Dismissively, Sachet described Bitcoin Unlimited as a dumpster fire that previously supported SegWit2x and BSV, adding that BCHN and BU have already started fighting, quote, I'm glad this whole cluster F will be left behind one way or another. You're just going to splinter yourself down to toothpicks, guys. That's all that's really going to happen here. But we told you that this was going to happen. It's not like you weren't given fair warning. And you pointed at us and and laughed and went on your way. And now you're feeling the results of not listening to us. Whatever, Michael Kapli- Kapilkov is writing for Cointelegraph sometime late yesterday. Unknown assailants have attacked multiple pro Bitcoin politicians in Russia in recent weeks. It has been a bad couple of weeks for bro- pro Bitcoin anti-Putin activists in Russia. First on October the or sorry, August twentieth, opposition leader Alexei Navalny was poisoned. <laughs> in the old school fashion of Russia if if you don't really know the history of Russia poisoning is the assassin's seems to be the historically the assassin's tool of choice in Russia is poisoning this shit goes back all the way to like the czars right it's just like just watching old school Russia just bubble up out of the out of the history books is kind of amazing to watch Sucks for Alexei, and my heart goes out for, to him and his family because that blows, but dude, man. Anyway, and then August 31st, uh, Yegor Zukov was beaten near his home by unsown, unknown assailants. Not only are they two of the nation's most ardent critics of President Putin, but they have also accepted Bitcoin donations in the past, though their support of cryptocurrency is probably not the inciting factor behind these attacks. More likely, they are being silenced, Because they are political activists who oppose the Russian government and fears over having their donations seized have led to their acceptance of cryptocurrency as a side effect. If true, this would not be dissimilar to WikiLeaks, which chose to accept Bitcoin after the U.S. government coerced PayPal into suspending its accounts. Navalny has been perceived as the biggest and perhaps only challenger to Putin for over a decade he has been subjected to numerous physical attacks and legal incriminations over the years. Zukov is only 22 years old and a devout libertarian. He first received public recognition in 2019 for his YouTube video supporting political protests in Moscow. Soon after, he was arrested for participating in unauthorized protests. Subsequently, he was sentenced to three years probation, which was perceived as a victory by the opposition. Many believe that the Kremlin... Conspired to carry out this recent wave of attacks on political dissidents, the situation may also have been agitated by the situation in neighboring Belarus, which is going nuts, where tens of thousands have been protesting against what they perceive to be rigged presidential elections. Belarus President Alexander Lyshenko may be in real danger of losing his power for the first time since coming to power 26 years ago. Uh, Eastern Europe's last dictator. I mean, well, okay, relatively, but he's an actual dictator. Though both men may have become Bitcoin supporters out of necessity, it just goes to illustrate the powerful, viable alternative to authoritarianism, which decentralization provides. The problem with that is that if you have a physical address, it becomes it becomes hard. I have a physical address. It will be hard. I mean, we don't know how deep this fight's going to go in the future. Whether you're Russia, Europe, Eastern Europe, Africa, South Africa, the heinous bullshit that's going on in in Australia, United States, Canada, God name any one of the third world countries in Central and South America. I mean, it's just, what's happened is that the, the human population has just become so pacified over centuries, at least the last seven decades. That we'll just put up with damn near anything. It's sad. It really is. Because usually, you know, generally speaking, we always look at the human spirit as something that just cannot be bridled. And yet, here we are watching it be bridled. My God almighty. Okay. Darknet moderator paid in Bitcoin, sentenced to 11 years. Uh, Brian Harrell, who settled disputes on AlphaBay, pleaded guilty to racketeering charges in January. This is Amy Castor. Writing for Decrypt. co. When yeah, September the first. Nine months after entering a guilty plea in a California district court, Brian Connor Harrell, 26, was sentenced Tuesday to 11 years behind bars for his role as an Alpha Bay moderator, according to an announcement by the U.S. DOJ. That would be the Department of Justice. A dark web contraband marketplace accessible through the Tor web browser, Alpha Bay was a place where vendors and purchasers could come together to buy and sell drugs, guns, stolen identity information, credit card numbers, and other illicit items, but mostly drugs. The website, an outgrowth of an earlier darknet site, Silk Road, only 10 times larger, saw its final days in 2017 after nearly three years of operation. A law enforcement operation spanning three countries dismantled the site, with Canadian police seizing its servers in Quebec and U.S. officials seeking the extradition of one of its administrators, Alexander Cases, to the U.S. Cases was later found hanging from a towel in a Bangkok jail cell. A suspected suicide. Yeah, right. Epstein. At the time it went down, the site had nearly 400,000 users and was the go-to place for buying illicit drugs online. Purchases were generally made in virtual currencies such as Bitcoin, Monero, and Ether because they offered at least some anonymity. As a moderator on AlphaBay Herald, who went by the nicknames Pennismith and Botaw, settled disputes between vendors and purchasers on the site, the DOJ said. He also served as a scam washer, keeping a lookout for any attempts to defraud Alphabet users. For his efforts, the Aurora, California resident was paid in Bitcoin. In January, Harrell pleaded guilty to conspiring to engage in a racketeer-influenced corrupt organization. Quote, The sentence serves as further proof the criminals cannot hide behind technology to break the law, U.S. prosecutor McGregor Scott said in a statement on Tuesday, operating from behind the veil of a dark net may seem to offer shelter from criminal investigations, but people should think twice before ordering and selling drugs online. You will be caught. The investigation of Alpha Bay and its former administrators is ongoing. So that sucks, man. <clears throat> 26 years old, and he's going to spend 11 years behind bars. I don't know if, what... Uh, I don't know what time off for good behavior, you know, parole kind of thing means for this type of charge. But I mean, just losing that part of your life because, dude, 26 for me, I was having a blast. I just can't imagine being in freaking prison. It's just, it's just sad. It really is just, just a horrible, horrible thing here. Um, Let's see. I, I don't want to do that one. I do want to do this one. Aave co-founder calls DeFi distribution model unfair. Aave co-founder Stani Kulekchov admitted that the current model for decentralized finance benefits people who already have money. Sounds like a Ponzi. Robert Stevens, writing for Decrypt.co September the 1st, goes on to say, Yesterday, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin tweeted that the profligacy of central banks has nothing on decentralized finance where protocols must constantly pluck value out of thin air to pay people who've lodged their funds in their smart contracts quote so that sounds like a ponzi scheme pointed out decrypt podcaster matthew aaron while talking with stanny kulchov co-founder of defi lending protocol ave quote is that the correct term to use here End quote. quote. I think the correct term is an economy where the big people basically get things for free, said Kulchav. Kulchav's protocol, like so many other these days, pays out governance tokens as a reward for people who have deposited lots of money in its smart contract. ave's Lend token, like Comp, Wi Fi, CRV, and even Sushi, uh, I wish they had mentioned Yam, was designed as a governance token that devolves power from people like Kulchoff to the people who use the protocol. But in practice, LEND and other DeFi protocols have become fresh stores of value themselves and can serve as lucrative carrots dangled in front of investors. You mean, you spelled stupid wrong. The insatiable market requires more of these tokens all the time. Hence, DeFi go brrr. That's what led Buterin to tweet the following yesterday, quote, seriously, the sheer volume of coins that needs to be printed nonstop To pay liquidity providers in these 50 to 100% yield or per year yield farming regimes, make major national central banks look like they're all run by Ron Paul. And again, I said it yesterday, I totally 100% agree with Vitalik Buterin, which is not often, but on some things, I even agree with Roger Ver. On some things. For the uninitiated, Ron Paul's a U.S. congressman, who has proposed bills trying to do away with the Federal Reserve. For his part, Kulchov admitted that these tokens serve the rich, since those who've deposited more money than everyone else receive the most tokens. "Quote the problematic part here is that people who have lots of funds are basically whales," said Kulchov. "They get the tokens as rewards for putting money in smart contracts, then sell them on secondary markets." That sounds a lot like derivatives, doesn't it? <clears throat> The smaller people are paying for the bigger people, he said. It's weird, unfair model that we have now. But Kulchov thinks that the underlying tech is the breakthrough. Oh. <laughs> it's about the tech, people. <laughs> and that the market will adjust in time. His latest project, Realty, for example, wants to harness the power of DeFi for mortgages. Oh God! And there's a tweet here from Ave that says, "Uh, and the Ave's uh Twitter handle is at Ave Ave A A V E A A V E all one word." Dive into the Ave X Real T platform collaboration to take DeFi even further and bring mortgages onto Ethereum. We're excited to announce that we'll support a proposal to add a Real T market to the Ave protocol, where Real T assets can be used as collateral. And then they give a uh linked to their Medium post, which is designed specifically to scam people out of yet more money. Quote, It's important to focus on those projects that are sustainable and are building the future of finance, he said. Sure, but with the current issues with DeFi, what cost will the little people pay? They're going to pay a lot, is what's going to happen. This entire thing, I, at, like this morning, like I said, it's uh, the 2nd of September. I saw that, oh, uh, what is the... The hell is the name of that coin? That DeFi coin. uh What is it? Oh my god, dude, dude! I can't remember it. It's probably it may be uh, Wi-Fi. Thirty-one thousand dollars a coin. Now they're saying, oh, well, it's, it's, it costs more than than Bitcoin. Yeah, it does, because it's an obvious Ponzi scheme. I mean, people are like the greed and stupidity of people. When you mix those two, I mean, being greedy and smart is one thing. Being stupid and ethical is a completely different thing. But when you get greed and you mix in stupid, that goes way beyond hopium. That goes way, 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 way beyond hopium. That gets into like the universe of just sketch. I mean, cringe and sketch and ugly and people are going to lose their ass. And I don't know if I should start monitoring, you know, go back to monitoring Reddit. Um, for um, uh, people posting suicide hotline numbers or not, I I I don't know. I don't. I certainly don't want to see it. But I'm wondering if there is a DeFi Reddit subreddit. There's got to be. There always is. I mean, you know, you can't trade freaking stuffed ponies without there being a Reddit sub or without there being a subreddit. So, take care of yourselves because nobody's gonna do it for you. All these people are scum. I'm sorry to say it, but they're just. They're, these are horrible, horrible people. And let's look at a potential situation here. $27 million of sushi funds could disappear at the drop of a chef's hat. Martin Young is writing this one for Cointelegraph sometime very early this morning. Uh, analysis of hot DeFi protocol sushi swap smart contracts has revealed that much, as, as much as million worth of the native token is in an admin wallet that could be dumped without warning. Data analyst and partner at Cinnamon Ventures, Adam Cochran, took a deep dive into the administrative wallet structure of SushiSwap, a protocol that has gained a lot of traction and a billion dollars of liquidity in the past few days. The analysis of the Uniswap clone emerged from a revelation by Twitter user Sasa, that the deployer wallet has around $27 million worth of sushi tokens, which could be dumped on the, su- on the sushi pool. Cochrane said that when he first looked at the smart contract, he assumed that the developer fund was going to a wallet that was locked by a governance vote or time lock, but his analysis revealed that it is actually just a generic wallet that the anonymous Sushi Swap administrator or Chef Nomi, as he is known on Twitter, has the cryptographic keys for. This means that investors could potentially be dumped on without warning. The Fintech analyst added that taking twenty seven million dollars from a project that currently had such high valuation fully diluted may not be seen as totally unacceptable. Quote, if Nomi announced that if Nomi announced that and took even ten percent off the table, people would likely be okay with it. And God, he's right. They'd be like, well, that's just that's just what he should get that. God, I'm telling you, mixing greed and stupidity is not, not good. It's like fuel oil and uh, amo- like ammonium. It's not going to work out well. And for those of you who don't know what AMFO is, just go type in AMFO and, um, oh, let's see. Uh. Coalfield blasting, and you'll see what AMFO can do when you get a bunch of it together. However, not touching the wallet raises further questions, given the chef clearly realizes the project isn't worth more than $2 billion and was unlikely to expect token prices to increase any further. Oh, just watch. They have actually retreated 30% from Tuesday's all-time high, giving Nomi the benefit of the doubt. Cochrane suggests that it could merely be an oversight in the ecosystem. However, he said the funds should be immediately moved to a governance vote-locked wallet. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for just a second. This is what happened. This is, in a way, kind of what happened to Wi-Fi, uh, or I'm not Wi-Fi. Yams. If you remember Yams, which was what two weeks ago. I mean, it's not not all that long they had all their funds locked into a governance to or into a governance wallet or a vote locked governing wallet and because the way the smart contract was written nobody could unlock it when a bug was found because you had to vote to be to unlock you had to vote to unlock the whole damn thing so that you could get in to fix the bug but the bug caused so many tokens to be generated that it generated more tokens than anybody had altogether which meant that the that contract itself was the governor of itself and essentially committed suicide because nobody could get in to fix the bug the only thing that you can do is shut down the protocol all you can do is pull the plugs from the computer and repurpose them to mine i don't know some ponzi token of other ponzi token of the day so that's what i see happening here if they do this now continuing it's been around a few days. Sushi is already old news with a new project called Kimichi, or sorry, Kimchi, forking from the protocol, which itself was a fork of Uniswap. Kimchi has reportedly locked in half a billion dollars just hours after launch. Though at the time of writing, that figure appears to be $175 million, according to the protocol's own dashboard. Similar to its sibling, Sushi, the platform offers a cut of the trading fees to users who lock their tokens into a time-lock smart contract, though there is very little other information about it at the time. Speaking to BNN Bloomberg, Galaxy Digital CEO Mike Novogratz suggested the DeFi sector was getting a little out of hand, recalling the ICO boom of 2017 and speculative frenzy around Tesla. Quote, there are new projects that are doing really cool things, but they are getting such a surge of liquidity so fast it's changing at a speed I've never seen in markets. Novogratz cited the Sushi project, adding that the irrational exuberance was slightly concerning, and it could be another bubble that is about to burst. Oh, just wait! Now this brings up something. Mike's talking about the speed at which this thing is is going, and Mike would be right. Now here, here's the thing, though. For some reason, this is this is we are in a state. Okay evolutionary biology okay so evolution evolutionaries or evolutionists and biologists and and biochemists a lot of there's a lot of talk in those particular circles about what's called explosive evolution usually people that think of evolution think of very long time scales i mean really really long time scales like, you know, dinosaur eventually becoming a bird and that takes like 100 million years or whatever. And But what is not really known about evolutionary biology in, you know, to quote unquote the normies is that sometimes it happens very, very quickly. And there's quite a bit of evidence that goes along to support that claim. And what that means is that there's there's evidence that suggests that there was an explosion of different species that came up and we don't know exactly why maybe I don't know. It doesn't really matter why it's how and what happened. That's what, what's really important here. But most of those species actually died off and only a few of them came and, and were themselves put into a situation where they could grow to sexual maturity, uh, mate with another one of its own kind and have offspring that were raised in an environment that they either perished in or survived in, and those that survived passed on their genes, and the cycle runs on until you finally get a good fit of that particular being, okay, that particular species. I'm seeing the same thing here. This is, we live in a fractal universe, OK? The pattern always repeats. It doesn't always have to actually be with animals. It can be with tech, and we are right there, people. What you're seeing is explosive evolution. Most of these th- most of these things are going to die off. If I were you, I would not invest any more than 1 penny in any one of these things because it's probably going to die off. Again, mixing greed with stupidity is not in your best interest. Let's run the numbers. we are saved brother index futures are rolling out something like this dow futures are going to open up oh i don't know to the upside half a percent s&p futures are going to be the same nasdaq futures damn near a point to the upside and s&p mid mini is up a half also and good news good news people the dollar the dollar index is up 0. 0.36 it's going to be like something like 92.66. I guess Jerome Powell has saved us all. Meanwhile, every one of the agricultural future, agriculture futures are down. Wheat, down. Soybean, corn, down. Of course, the corn's down. Sugar, down. Coffee, down. Cotton, everything is down, dude. Metal, <clears throat> we've got gold to the downside by over half a percent. Uh, it looks like it's going to open 1965 or such if it were to open right now. Silver, 27.8. Platinum is $939 an ounce. I can't believe it's that low. It's just bizarre. Copper, however, is to the upside. Oil is going to open higher by half a point. Uh, both the Brent and West Texas Intermediate are looking like they're going to open half a point to the upside. Natural gas continues getting kicked in the nuts. It's down three percent and back down to two dollars and forty-five cents for a thousand cubic feet of gas. If you like buying it that way, but real money, we have Bitcoin at eleven thousand three hundred and thirty-nine point five. Well, let me just taking a look at the chart. My God, I am looking. What? Who? Who am I getting? I'm getting my uh, data from Bitstamp on Trading View, and it traded. Uh, this hour's candle dipped as low as 11,155 when i went to bed last night it was hovering just over 12,000 welcome to bitcoin i'm just saying man if you can't take these dips and if you don't if you're not smart enough to buy these dips i don't know i don't know what to do for you man anyway so we don't need to look at the lows and highs on that let's get into it uh 347,000 transactions were performed in the last 24 hours, 14,500 transactions on average per hour, with 2.29 million BTC being traded hands. That means that about 100,000 BTC were being traded on average per hour, with the average transaction value of about 6.58 BTC, and the median transaction value still... At double what I normally see, 0.054 BTC, or about $606 in dirty, nasty fiat. Block times are low, nine minutes and 10 seconds. We have 0.78 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis, and about 120 and a half BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. We have a 0.29% rise to the upside on hash rate, and it is hovering at around 131.5 exahashes per second. The Ethereum is at 435.64, Bcash at 259.5, Litecoin at 58, BSV at 183.5, Ethereum Classic at 6.9, Dogecoin took it on the chin, 0.0031, but again, with 53,000 transactions in the day, it's walking all over Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bcash. Bcash has had a transact 24-hour period transaction number to the upside. It usually hovers around 16,000 on a day. This time, it's about 20,690, somewhere in that area. <clears throat> Let's see what Clark Moody has to say about the day. He's got a price going at 11,394. Running the numbers, whatever node he's querying is eighteen million four hundred and seventy seven thousand six hundred and two point three three. BTC is in circulation. We have twenty five thousand eight hundred and sixty three transactions to clear. That will take twenty blocks to do. Lightning Network has one point zero five eight thousand or sorry, one thousand five hundred. good Lord. one thousand and fifty eight BTC people. sorry. That's 12.1 million in capacity, and that's run right over 7,517 nodes, representing 37,527 channels. We have, we're have we holding on Tor capacity 516.85 BTC. That means that the percentage of the Tor capacity is stable at 48.8%, which is what it was yesterday. 2,383 nodes on the tour side of the Lightning Network. That's gonna do it for Vitals. Now that you've heard the bad news of the Bitcoin numbers, oh, by the way, by the dip, we're going to find out probably why that occurred. We got some news out of South Korea. Helen Parts is writing for Cointelegraph. About three hours ago, Seoul police reportedly investigating South Korea's largest crypto exchange, BitThumb. Another exchange in South Korea comes under the police spotlight. Now, there's two stories. One is that BitThumb is completely seized. And two, that BitDumb is has been raided, and the two are different. So we gotta, as with all this stuff, remember China ban, uh, China seizing things. Uh, this, you know, we've we've seen this before. This is this is all old news. There's nothing about this should be surprising unless you're a newbie. If you're a newbie, buckle up. You're about to go for the ride of your life. Seoul police have reportedly raided BitThumb, the largest cryptocurrency exchange in South Korea, according to a report by local publication Seoul Shinmin. A, an intelligence crime unit at the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency has reportedly conducted search and seizure investigations at BitThumb's office in the Gangham district on September the 2nd, which, by the way, is today. As reported, the latest checks are purportedly connected with an ongoing police investigation involving Lee Jung Hoon, chairman of board at BitThumb Korea and BitThumb Holdings. The executive has reportedly been under investigation for alleged economic fraud involving the token known as BXA. The token was purportedly promoted as BitThumb's native token that eventually turned out to be involved in high scale fraud and caused investor damages. Of 30 billion won, which is about 25 million <coughs> U.S. dollars, Bitthumb did not immediately respond to Coin Telegraph's request to confirm the news. The article will be updated pending new information from the exchange. It's probably because nobody can make a phone call; they're probably all lined up against a wall. Bitthumb is South Korea's largest cryptocurrency exchange and the ninth-largest crypto exchange by average daily trading volume globally. As reported in June 2020, the company is allegedly planning to hold an IPO, or initial public offering. BitThumb is not the only crypto exchange in South Korea that came under the spotlight of Seoul Police recently. In late August, the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency reportedly raided and seized the operations of CoinBit, the country's third largest cryptocurrency exchange. The exchange is allegedly involved in generating an income of $85 million from market manipulation. So, one of the other stories that I saw is that BitThumb has been engaged in fake high volume trading, like the Mt. Gox bots, uh, inflating the volume on, you know, doing fake wash trading to inflate the volume on their exchange to make it look like, man, people are getting rich, bro. I need that as a t shirt. People are getting rich, bro. So. We don't know what the hell's going on in Seoul. They could either all be dead. They could have set the building on fire. They could all be in jail. They could be sitting back at their desk drinking coffee because the raid is over and everything is okay. We don't know dick. All right. So anyway, that may be one of the pieces of news that is feeding into what I'm calling the double BART. We had a BART up and then go to the sideways, and then we had another BART up, and then it went sideways, and then we had BART down, and then it went sideways, and then this massive decrease on the backside of the BART. So I've never seen a double BART before, but I'm sure they're out there. But anyway, that's that's what I'm calling it, is a, a double BART. Sebastian Sinclair <coughs> is writing about the 51% attacks on Ethereum Classic. Uh, when did he... Uh, do you have a timestamp? Yeah, this is today. Ethereum Classic Labs airs new plan to stop future 51% attacks. Good luck. In a Medium post on Tuesday, Ethereum Classic Labs singled out crypto mining marketplace NiceHash for allegedly facilitating multiple attacks against the network. The firm said it would take all steps necessary to secure the Ethereum Classic network, including pursuing legal action against those who conduct or facilitate malicious attacks. Good luck. It also plans to bring in law enforcement and engage global regulators to provide accountability and transparency for hash rentals. Malicious actors are claimed to have repeatedly purchased hash rate from the nice hash marketplace to execute the so-called 51% attacks. Ethereum Classic has been hit by three such attacks in the last month, resulting in millions of dollars worth of its cryptocurrency being double spent. ETC Labs said it already is working with authorities in relevant jurisdictions, adding that it will share more information as it becomes available. NiceHash is no stranger to controversy with its former chief financial officer and co-founder, Majaz Skjorni having been arrested in Germany in late 2019 following United States charges that he ran the cybercrime cyber crime forum Dark Ode. Is that dark? dark Ode? D-A-R-K-O-D-E. First I've ever heard of it. After the first two of the recent attacks caused hash rate to plummet, ETC Labs said in late August it was implementing a defensive mining strategy to try to keep levels more consistent. Well, nobody uses it. Nobody uses it. While the exact details of the strategy were not revealed at the time due to confidentiality, the initiative failed to stop the third attack. The lower the hash rate of a network, the more easy and affordable it is to attack that network. ETC's hash rate has now dropped to its lowest point, lowest point in over three years at 1.6 tera hashes per second. <laughs> Why I'm laughing? Because that's like nothing. My Raspberry Pi could probably attack this thing at this point. Oh, that's just... Terrible. Coindesk reached out to ETC Labs for more information, but none was forthcoming. So there you go. Kazakhstan to raise over $700 million for cryptocurrency mining. Jordan Lyanchev is writing this one today sometime for CryptoPotato.com. Kazakhstan's new digital development minister, Baghdad Musin has reportedly asserted that the country is already in talks to attract a significant investment worth over $700 million to expand its cryptocurrency mining sector in the Central Asian nation. The plans for attracting 300 billion tenges, or $715 million U.S., of investment in the cryptocurrency mining field were initially revealed in a Senate hearing in mid-June. The former Minister of Digital Development, Innovation, and Aerospace Industry, Askar explained that the government concluded that cryptocurrency mining is a part of our everyday lives after studying other nations such as the united states and south korea at the time kazakhstan already had 14 cryptocurrency mining farms which has attracted about 200 million dollars of investment in a few years consequently he urged the country to double down on its mining endeavors earlier today reuters reported that the recently appointed new minister Baghdad Musin is already in talks to increase the massive investment to over 700 million. He said that, quote, Today, we have preliminary agreements on attracting investment worth 300 billion tenges, if that's how you pronounce it, and revealed that the country is currently constructing four more mining farms in an attempt to further boost the profits from cryptocurrency mining within the nation's borders. The Central Asian country also introduced plans to impose a flat 15% tax on the sector data provided from the cambridge university's btc mining tracking tool the bt or the bitcoin mining map indicates that kazakhstan is already responsible for a substantial portion of bitcoin's global hash rate <clears throat> the country is currently fourth on the list with over 6% of the hash rate trailing only to the unchallenged leader china at 65 the United States at 7.2 and Russia at 6.9%, respectively. Uh, should the notable investment of 700 million in the cryptocurrency mining succeed over the next three years, Kazakhstan may indeed head toward a spot in the top three. Moreover, another report from earlier this year claimed that the growing electricity bills in China are driving miners to seek other destinations apart from the United States. Kazakhstan, which shares a border to the west with China, has also benefited. Adding the much cheaper electricity in the Central Asian country, the hash rate emanating from within Kazakhstan has skyrocketed 334% in a single year. That's pretty, that's damn Kazakhstan. Nice, nice work, man. Vienna and Singapore stock exchanges will embrace Bitcoin and Ethereum. <laughs> the Vienna Stock Exchange and the Singapore Exchange are warming up to the cryptocurrencies. Samuel Haig writing for Cointelegraph sometime very early this morning. <clears throat> the Vienna Stock Exchange, or Wiener Borse has become just the third official regulated market worldwide To list a Bitcoin BTC product, the exchange listed 21 shares, AGs, Bitcoin, and Ethereum exchange-traded products, ETPs, ABTC, and AETH on September the 1st. Yay! Thomas Rainier, Werner Boyce's head of development, emphasized that the listing Allows experienced local investors, that means accredited apparently, to access the benefits that a stock market can offer to crypto traders, including monitored, regulated, and transparent trading with real-time information and secure settlement via their regular brokers. 21Shares Chief Executive Haney Rashwan highlighted that Werner Bourse's listings uh, means that the Bitcoin ETPs are now available to all three DACH nations, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Quote, we are happy to share that Bitcoin is now available everywhere for both retail as well as institutional investors across the entire DACH region. He added, quote, outside that region, no other jurisdiction globally provides such comprehensive and ample access to Bitcoin, end quote. In July, 21 shares Ethereum and Bitcoin ETPs were also admitted to list on Deutsche Börse's T E R A reference market, which hosts more than 90% of German share trades and roughly 30% of European ETF trading. In less than two years of operating, 21 shares has attracted more than $100 million worth of assets under management. In another boost to the institutional adoption of cryptocurrencies, Singapore exchange SGX announced that it would list price indices for Bitcoin and Ethereum in partnership with UK-based crypto data firm CryptoCompare. While the indices do not enable SGX users to trade cryptocurrencies, the price feeds can be used by other Singaporean firms seeking to launch BTC or ETH products, a way to track the price fluctuations of the crypto assets in real time from a trusted source. As the world moves swiftly towards digitization and the creation and accumulation of wealth, digital assets are increasingly being adopted by investors, said Simon Caraban, SGX's head of Index Services. So first they laugh at you, then they build businesses around you. DeFi flippening comes to exchanges as Uniswap topples Coinbase in trading volume, okay? If you're not hearing that right now because you don't have enough coffee, like me, Uniswap has surpassed Coinbase in trading volume. Let that sink in. That's what happens when you mix greed with stupid, okay? So... September the 2nd, Amkar Godbull, gotta love that name, is writing this one for Coindesk.com. Trading volumes are surging on Uniswap and other so called decentralized cryptocurrency exchanges, challenging established venues like Coinbase while driving up fees and congestion on the Ethereum blockchain. I guess Ethereum 2.0 can't come fast enough, but it will probably never come. Two weeks, TM, dude. Uniswap, a semi automated platform for matching buyers and sellers of cryptocurrencies and other digital assets, saw its trading volume climb to $953 million on Tuesday, a more than tenfold gain over the past month, according to the website uniswap.info or uniswap.info. The 24-hour trading volume has crossed above $1 billion, and that's billion with a B, at least 50% higher than daily trading volumes observed on Coinbase Pro, the largest U.S.-based centralized cryptocurrency exchange. The rise of decentralized exchanges, or DEXs, represents a new chapter of this year's boom in decentralized finance. The fast-growing ecosystem, known as DeFi, spelt stupid wrong, consists of an automatic lending and trading platform, Built atop distributed computing networks like Ethereum and constructed from open source software and programmable cryptocurrencies, they aim to provide more efficient and less costly ways of conducting transactions currently handled by banks and traditional exchanges. Quote, it indicates that the DeFi flipping is real. And already here, Denis Vinokurov, head of research at the London-based Prime brokerage Bequant, told Coindesk in a Telegram chat, Quote, flippening is crypto jargon uh, used loosely to indicate the hypothetical movement when one blockchain or digital asset trend overtakes another. Uniswap's usage has grown so rapidly that it takes over the top spot among fee payers on the Ethereum network where most of the DeFi development is taking place. The total value locked in the DeFi applications, uh, the most common metric for measuring the activity, has increased. 13 fold this year to 9.2 billion dollars according to the data tracking website defi pulse uniswap has now moved into the top spot in total value locked at 1.7 billion dollars coindesk reported tuesday while overall decentralized exchange volume nearly tripled in august to 11.6 billion dollars from july levels quote as DeFi assets approach 10 billion dollars one narrative we may see is that crypto is a completely separate new sphere of economics and finance. According to a blog post Tuesday by FinTech Blueprint, curated by Lex Sokolin of the Ethereum-focused developer consensus, quoted, "Does not need to connect to the old world. It simply needs to be left alone to perform. Probably will not be left alone to perform. Just saying." Traders on Uniswap have paid five million dollars in transaction fees in the past 24 hours, according to data source EtherScan.io. That's more than double the amount paid for transfers of the dollar link stablecoin Tether, USDT, which has been the top contributor according to ethgasstation.info. Uniswap is designed to be more customizable than centralized exchanges like Coinbase. Instead of listing specific assets available for trading on the platform, traders can choose and list the tokens they want to transact in. Currently, the platform boasts more than 6,020 of them and SushiSwap, a 5 day old unaudited project that's in that's an adaptation of uniswap has already moved into the number 3 spot of players of ethereum gas which is the unit used to calculate fees for tokens tra- token transfers on the ethereum blockchain sushi swap which went live on august the 28th pays out rewards to liquidity providers in its tokens sushi in order in addition to his share of trading fees, there's already $81 million of liquidity for Sushi on Uniswap, and the 24 hour trading volume of $151.42 million exceeds that of spot market cryptocurrency trading volumes on mid tier exchanges like Binance, US, Gemini, and Poloniex. Quote The fear of missing out on Sushi reveals the DeFi craze, according to a report Tuesday from the Norwegian cryptocurrency analysis firm Arcane Research. Press officials for Coinbase, which is reportedly considering an initial public stock offering, did not respond for request for comment. <clears throat> I wonder why DeFi has grown so quickly <clears throat> that centralized exchanges from Binance to FTX have rushed to roll out indices and new trading contracts like futures and perpetual swaps linked to those indices to give investors a way to bet on the industry's segment's growth. But according to Vinakurov, DEXs might represent a more existential threat to the centralized exchanges. Quote, those already trading on DEXs fully realize that growth will only accelerate, Vinakurov as told CoinDesk. So, again, mixing greed with stupidity and you get this. Now, the only good thing about this is the rise of the decentralized exchange. This is actually going to be good for this is going to be good for Bitcoin. Speaking of, I'm just looking here. Okay, never Wait what? Wow. Okay. I was just looking. There's a a small recovery in in Bitcoin. We may be going sideways for a while. Uh, We are at, since I mentioned it, eleven thousand four hundred and sixty-five, and we are on this candle. We have thirty-eight minutes left in this hour-long candle, and we are pretty much have cleared a lot of the losses from one from eleven thousand one hundred and forty or whatever it was in the low. Anyway, the the whole point that I was making is that. you know, there, there's HODL, HODL is a decentralized exchange for buying Bitcoin. And honestly, I I, I think the more KYC that we get, the more DEXs, are, it's going to be a linear relationship. The more KYC on centralized and legacy bullshit, the more DEXs you're going to see. And I think that I I also, in that saying that same thing, I do not think that DeFi is going to go away anytime soon. But then again, we were saying the same thing about ICOs. They eventually kind of went away. This one, it may take a little bit longer. Do I think it's going to go away completely? No. This cat's out of the bag. It's stupid, and hundreds pro- tens of thousands of people are going to lose life savings because of fear of missing out. That's why you got ethics has a tendency to make one stable in their in their mind as to what they want to get into, and because I know that this is unethical. I'm not I this is why I'm not participating. So that's why people will stand on the street and point at me and laugh for for staying poor. Well, I don't want to get any poorer and I'm not going to sit, you know, like attached my eyeballs attached to a couple of screens looking at exactly when I should sell the top because guess what? You never know when to sell the top. You also don't know exactly when to buy the bottom either. And if you think you do, you're really fooling yourself. There are some people out there that do very well, but they're not timing and top and bottoms. They're looking for, their bottom is like maybe 25% to the upside of what the bottom actually would be, and selling their top is 25% down from where their local top might be. And as long as they're trading somewhere around there, they're always pretty much going to make money. But the problem is, is that most people don't do that shit. Most people are literally trying to time the local top and local bottom. If you're putting your money into this stuff, you're going to lose it, okay? The guys that are already putting the money into this are people that they're just, either they're really connected or they've been whales for a long time and they have just shit tons of money to waste. But this is, man, this is not for retail. And what's happening is that they're designing it for retail. This is my problem with the entire thing. If you guys want to lend so that you have liquidity to make longs and shorts and, and buy you know derivative products of this kind of crap, well, go right ahead. I'm not gonna stop you, but honestly, you could do a lot better things with your money. Just saying, that's gonna do it for the morning roundup. Today's daily train wreck brought to you by our good friend at Bitcoin Meme Hub. That's at Bitcoin Meme Hub says, congrats, MasterCard, for the dumbest idea in fintech since DeFi, who told you launching a credit card that censors transactions due to carbon footprints was a good idea. Greta, Starbucks, me, I'll have an Americano coffee. MasterCard, denied your coffee kills baby whales. This is actually really old news, but I didn't hear about it. After all this time, I didn't hear about it. And when uh, uh, Bitcoin Meme Hub brought this shit back up to my attention, I had to tell you guys that I'm, I'm about this entire thing. This is from MasterCardContentExchange.com. Rose Beaumont is writing this all the way back in February of 2019. Dokonomy and MasterCard announced their joint effort to combat climate change by enabling DO, a free and easy to use mobile banking service that lets users track, understand, and reduce their carbon dioxide footprints. Through carbon offsetting, the launch of DO sets a new standard for purpose-driven payment services and is a major step in MasterCard's commitment to drive innovation for a sustainable future. By implementing DO, MasterCard, and Doconomy, lets users value guide their everyday consumption towards more sustainable choices. Quote, together with Doconomy, we can engage consumers, retailers, and businesses in the fight against climate change. This collaboration is an important part of our focus on sustainability, and this innovative solution offers people a simple way to take responsibility for their carbon footprint based on what they consume. So, what does this actually mean? Well, there is actually a a um, oh god a diagram, and here's here's the way the diagram that they that they include with this press release goes. It's a block diagram, so the you know like it starts with I want to buy some tennis shoes. It says a purchase is made in a store online using PIN or EMV. And then the card process happens. The purchase is processed by the merchant sent via the acquirer to MasterCard and further to the bank's card system. And then it goes to the bank process. The card system receives the request, verifies the card, account, and PIN. The card system checks the available amount of funds as well as a CO2 limit. And then that goes over to the carbon calculation. The card transaction engine calculates the availability of credit as well as CO2 impact through a LAND index. That's A-L-A-N-D index. Then, the transaction is denied. If the purchase exceeds the CO2 emission limit, the transaction is denied. The card system returns the response to the merchant via MasterCard and acquirer. I'm serious, there is a, there's a credit card out there that is specifically designed to deny you access to your money if you exceed a particular carbon footprint limit. Only, only in 2020, I guess, and beyond are we going to see this kind of cuckoldery. This is ridiculous. I mean, it's one thing to let somebody, you know, it's one thing to let an affair occur, but it's another thing entirely to let somebody hold your money hostage for you. Now, most of us do that anyway and so far that the bank's, our money in the bank is not our money, it's the bank's money. But this one is a completely transparent view into that world that they can just deny your transaction. Now, think about this. What happens when, you're in, when your entire bank goes this way? I'd like to make a withdrawal, please. What are you going to use it for? I'm going to buy, I don't know, I'm going to use it to buy maybe some coffee, a pack of donuts. Oh, no. I'm sorry, sir. I can't allow you to buy donuts with this shit because that's, that's going to be bad for your pancreas. But I like donuts. Well, sir, it's all about your health. And your health impacts my health. So I'm sorry, sir. There will be no donuts for you today. Can I buy a car? Think about this. This this gets real bad real fast. This is why I Bitcoin. Anyway, there's your smoldering pile right there. And last but certainly not least, and God knows we need it, we have Dad says jokes at Dad says jokes on Twitter with this little gem. I asked an electrician to fix an electrical issue at my house. He refused. Mm. Well, that's some high-class crappy-ass joke right there, people. All right, it's going to get weird today. Uh, Probably going to be weird for the next of the week for the rest of the week. Uh, All hopes of moon have been put on hold, probably for like you know a few hours. But whatever. Uh, Again, if you're newbie to this space, get used to this shit because it's really going to suck when Bitcoin hits a hundred thousand and then crashes to fifty thousand, or possibly even go down to thirty-five thousand. But if we were to make it from here to thirty-five thousand, well, we'd all be joyous now, wouldn't it? Okay, so you got to you got to take the upside swings with the downside swings and you got to even them out. If you don't have that balance in your life, your balance when you're looking at these kinds of things, it's going to drive you crazy and you cannot afford to be driven crazy right now. There's way too much crazy out there as it is. That's bad enough. And if but if you're trying to get out of this. Crazy ass bullshit that we find ourselves in, you're going to have to calm the F down. Because if you start doing stuff like panic selling and panic buying, you're going to end up being wrecked. Whether you're buying a shitcoin or Bitcoin, whether you're, you know, like participating in DeFi or you're buying Bitcoin, or whether you're in the traditional markets or you're buying Bitcoin, I recommend buying Bitcoin because it's like the least painful, as long as you can balance the swings to the high with the swings to the low and look at that center area and realize it just keeps going up and match that with what's going on in the macro economy of the world and realize that every single government is having to print money to keep up with the Federal Reserve of the United States printing money because all of the other countries' money is pegged to the United States dollar whether they like it or not, but most actually wanted it that way through the Bretton Woods Agreement. I I don't know what else to tell you, man. I mean, as long as we print money, your governments are going to print money, and everybody's going to print money, and everybody's going to go through hyperinflation, and it's probably all going to happen at once. So buy Bitcoin. Balance the swing highs and the swing lows. Don't try to call the local top. Don't try to, you know, to do the local bottom. Just chill the F out and I will see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and and I'm and your, your host David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.